This is More Than Work, the podcast reminding you that your self-worth is made up of more than your job title. Each week, I'll talk to a guest about how they discovered that for themselves. You'll hear about what they did, what they're doing, and who they are. I'm your host, Rabia. I work in IT, perform stand-up comedy, write, volunteer, and, of course, podcast. Thank you for listening. Here we go. Hi, everyone. Uh, back this week with another episode with actually the Squadcast co-founder, Rock Felder. So a couple weeks ago, I interviewed Zach Moreno. And if you haven't heard that one, check it out. It's actually getting replayed this week on Between Two Mics, the Squadcast podcast. This is really fun for me, and I'm really honored about that. But um, I got to interview both co-founders of the company, and they both have very different stories and very different ways that they came to be at the company. And so I think that they just resonate with people in different ways. Um, what was cool about Rock, I mean, we talked a lot about just kind of, well, first of all, he's a CPA. And, and what I liked about talking to him about that was that it was similar to jobs I've had where like I've worked in operations. And so you end up knowing lots of parts of the business and different people in the business. And it also made me think about where I work, our finance people, they do, they have to get involved in every part of the business. And so what I like is that kind of, you can be in a part of a business, but not limited to just that part. And you can learn other things and then and transfer into other places. And um, in his case, become a co-founder and a CFO of a company. And so I just think it's just, again, really cool to always hear about how people come around to what they're doing now and what they take from different people they know. And we talked a lot about like trusting your teams and anyone who has ever been micromanaged at all. <laughs> and I, it, it's triggering for me. I hate being micromanaged. I hate being questioned um, in a way that's probably unhealthy sometimes. So I try to work on when it's like valid questions being asked, but anyone's who's been micromanaged knows what it feels like to not be trusted and it feels awful. And so I think as leaders or even as colleagues, we need to be trustful of the people we work with so that we can manage our relationships with them properly and manage our working relationships, personal relationships, all that. And so I like how he talks about how trust in people is a big value of his. And um, just when they were talking about rock was talking about squad cast and hiring and their hiring process. It was also really interesting to me just to listen to more about that because I just went through hiring where I work and we're hiring people all the time. And it's really, you have to be precious about your team and your culture and hiring the right people. Cause it's not just about skill they have. It's about them fitting in. These are the people that you're going to be working with eight hours a day or more sometimes. And they have to be people that fit and aren't going to come in and be disruptive. I mean, people can be disruptive in a way that's good, that provides progress and change, but there's also the disruptive that's not good that actually just causes strife. And so that's all tricky. Um, Rock and I talk about he does Brazilian jiu-jitsu too. And I could say jiu-jitsu this time. I couldn't say that on the podcast episode. But I just I think this is a really positive chat with a really positive person. Um, I'm really feel like very privileged to get to talk to the people I get to talk to, and that includes the second co-founder of Squadcast. And I just hope you enjoy this episode. I'm gonna keep it short at the top. There's no reason for me to go on because we have an interview that's awesome that you can listen to. Um again, like, subscribe, email me get in touch on social media, all the things, just, just do it. Um, and I really want to know what people think. 
right, everyone. This week, the guest is Rock Felder. He's the co-founder and CFO of Squadcast, which is what this podcast is actually recorded on. You've probably heard me mention it a couple times. So thanks for being on, Rock. Thanks for having me, Rabia. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. So can you just tell people where I'm talking to you from right now? Yeah, so I'm in Oakland, California, and yeah, we're having this conversation via Squadcast, which is truly exciting. I'm not used to being on the other side. I'm usually the the host in this situation, so it's fun to have the the tables turned a bit. Yeah, good. Good, and you can just just see how the experience is, I guess, from that view, which is pretty similar, actually, other than who's asking you questions. But cool. So basically, just first of all, being a co-founder of a company, that's that's your current role but mm-hmm. what led you to that i guess like what what was the thing that led you to co-found a company i think i've always had just a general interest in business it's it's just been one of those things that just always appealed to me and i think it's hearing stories of my dad and my, my uncles they owned a a bed store like back in the 80s and so when I was growing up as a kid in the 90s, they would always talk about stories about their waterbed. It closed before or right around the time that I was a kid. So I never got to like see them in action as business owners, mm-hmm. but I got to hear those stories and it sounded like a fun time. So I think that's where it started. But then just going throughout my, my life, going from uh, high school to college, I just realized that um, you know I needed some type of job to pay pay for my myself, my living. I wasn't going to be able to depend on my parents, unfortunately, and also had to pay for, for college too. And, and so yeah. I needed something that was going to pay the bills, but that also had a lot of opportunity for growth. And um, when I was going through college, it was about 2008, 2009, when I was really figuring out what I wanted to focus on and do with my life. And so that was a scary time. Like, the, you know, it was uh, a lot of uh, fear and uncertainty about the job market and, you know, the ability to get jobs. So I chose something in accounting just mm-hmm. because when I did all my research, there was it was almost always in a, a job that was in demand, what they would call recession proof. That's not necessarily true. COVID taught taught me that, but you know, at the time, it did seem true. And also, you know, for someone graduating fresh out of college, it was a pretty high salary. But so that's where I started my career, and so. In accounting, I got all of this exposure to different business leaders, executives, board members, founders, and I think it just relit that that fire that I already that I had in me of really being curious and interested in being a, a business owner and, and a leader of a business. And it's not because I wanted to be my own boss or I have trouble like taking directions or following people. It's more so I love being on the ground level, building something, working as a team where all of our experience and unique skill sets come together to build something really remarkable. So that's something that's always been appealing to me. And then when my co-founder, Zach, who's a friend of mine that I've known since high school, approached me about the idea that became Squadcast, it was just, it was already like something I was waiting for. I just didn't know where mm-hmm. I was going to fit into the, the entrepreneurial uh, scene, if you will. And because it was rooted in podcasting, something that I was already a fan of and big believer in and just was at, at, at the time, it was 2016, surprised how unaware people were of podcasting mm-hmm. uh, and how few people like listen to the shows. But I figured it was a matter of time before it was inevitable that it became more and more mainstream. So it was just really easy to get excited about. Yeah, for sure. And did you work in technology in any of your other roles? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So in accounting, another thing that I forgot to mention is I got exposed to a lot of different business sector. So our clients worked in agriculture businesses, construction, banking. So a lot of like legacy businesses, very old school deal with like a lot of like actual paperwork and stuff. But then I did also get the opportunity to work for tech companies or or, uh, 
client work with tech clients and they were a lot more interesting in in so many ways i mean of course you know the 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 ping pong table and the espresso machines were were certainly there <laughs> but it was just like the culture and just the you know it just felt like it was more of the future where some of those other clients like providing incredible services i mean you know the agriculture business is fascinating to me but just the way that the dynamics of that business were was wasn't as interesting as the way tech was and so tech was always something a direction that i wanted to go into um mm-hmm. and so thrilled because now i came into this experience with quite frankly not a lot of tech understanding or experience, but thankfully having uh, a business partner like Zach, who is well-versed in that realm, has really helped me not necessarily build my skill set in the way that I can start coding and stuff like that, but I have a much better understanding of a software and you know not just the business side, but the tech side as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, I mean, to me, when I look at you, and I actually look at, we have a VP of finance and you're the CFO, but you guys are both interesting to me in the sense that you have bigger personalities than I would think of for finance people. Like I always thought finance people like, Oh, okay. The accountant, like nerd, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but, but what I, what I'm thinking about the guy that I, you know, ultimately work for, I guess. And then you too, is just kind of like people who influence the business in a different way, I'd say than maybe, like, say, for example, Zach, and we're talking about Zach Moreno, who is on the podcast as well, and his episode should have been on before this one, so people mm-hmm. can refer back, but who's kind of responsible for the tech stack and everything, and then you're responsible for the finances, but there's also, like, a way that you can impact the business separately from just the money, right? Like, do you take an interest in it outside of just the money aspect? Absolutely. So... It's it's less so true today because thankfully we have more team members and resources to mm-hmm. to help balance this out. But when we were first getting started, because the the development of our software of our product was so critical in those early days to to just make sure that there was a business here. So I really mm-hmm. took it upon myself to try to alleviate Zach from anything non-software, non-tech related. So of course that it, it included the finance and accounting side, which of course I was comfortable with. But one of the other experiences that I got in my accounting job was dealing with different departments. So I got exposed to HR departments. I got exposed to some more of the executive teams. And like I said, board members, I was in on board meetings and stuff. So kind of knowing how an organization functions and the different departments all work together and have responsibilities, it's helped not make me um, necessarily proficient or an expert in those areas, but familiar and not scared to to. to you know, take those uh, responsibilities on for Squadcast. So in addition to my finance and accounting responsibilities, which most of it is outsourced, thankfully, I, 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 wouldn't, I don't need to be the one doing our books, but I, I handle a lot of the HR stuff. I handle a lot of the sales and, and like with our enterprise clients and relationships and stuff like that. Like the relationships are really what I've been working on my entire life. Like client customer service has really been what I've been doing my whole life, whether it was waiting tables as a, as a food server or uh, in a professional services accounting firm, working with clients and uh, business clients and stuff like that. So generally, that's where my interest is, is just helping people fi- solving their problems. And that even includes helping our employees and solving their problems. So yeah, just thankfully, it's, it's like I said, becoming less so true now that we have like a community manager, a marketing manager, a lot of that yeah. stuff. Zach and I were, were really the lead on as well. And so now we're able to do it bigger and better because we have folks that are just frankly more skilled at it well and that's the thing too right just as a manager 
of people or leader of people is identifying people who can do something better than you and then letting them do it rather than you taking all of it on, which is tricky, right, for someone who's in the founder or co-founder role. It's tricky, and it definitely comes down to trust in my opinion, but there is nothing like seeing a team member try to further our mission. You know, we say stuff or we want things to happen, but then to see them kind of turn that into reality, it's like, it's an incredible experience from, from someone as my perspective. When in the early days we were itching and clawing and scratching to get any, any customer we wanted and, and trying to hire people to come on this journey with us and them just being like, "Eh, I don't, you know, you guys seem cool, but I want something more secure, more stable, which I get. Mm -hmm. It's not for everybody. So to have, Folks that are working with us that are, you know, they can spend their time anywhere in, in where they want, but they choose to spend it with us. And it's, it's the best feeling ever. Yeah. I like that point too, that I think there, well, there's been this whole great resignation thing that's occurring now. Right. And right. I think people don't necessarily look at it that way that the employees, well, people who work for people don't look at it that way sometimes that they have a choice. Yeah. You know, I think that the whole empowerment's come from realizing they do, mm-hmm. but also like employers realizing, yes, they have a choice. They do not have to work here, and we need to do things to make this a good place to work. I don't think that a workplace needs to be responsible for all of your happiness in your life, but right. there's that time that you're there per day that's a lot of your life that should be a positive one. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think, you know, you hear... Why do people generally leave their jobs? It's not because they they hate their jobs. It's most likely the people they work with and specifically Mm -hmm. the person that's their boss, you know, is is generally why they leave. And so I totally agree with you. I think in some ways the the narrative has morphed too much into providing or being responsible for an employee's happiness, like overall, like comprehensively. I I agree. It's, It's not. But like because there's so much of their time and energy spent. Yeah, I want it to be enjoyable. I don't want them to look at this as a waste of their time. Because again, like, you know, the the trade off with a startup is, yes, you might not have as much security, or at least the feeling of security. But there is this opportunity for impact. And to, you know, have your ideas kind of come come about in real life. And I think that's really special. And that's something that we've been really trying to communicate and show our our team is like look when we do things it has an impact and we're all going to get we're all going to share in those winnings so like being able to give team members like raises and 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 bonuses and stuff like that like it's it's an incredible feeling yeah it has to be and i think i got ahead of myself so that's my fault but we've talked a lot about about the business but in case someone didn't hear the episode with zach and also just because I want to get your side of the story, I guess, in a way. Mm-hmm. I know you guys have one that you've sorted out probably internally. <laughs> but for you, Zach asked you to join him on this journey. So, like, what's the story of founding Squadcast, really? Yeah, I mean, I remember the day so vividly. It was October 2016. I'm driving in my car for, from a, a client. And it was like an hour, two hour long drive terrible traffic. I was just like exhausted. Right. And it was a Friday. I don't know if I mentioned that. And then Zach called me up, which was, you know, we were friends, but we're kind of not in contact as much. So for him to call me out of the blue was 
it was out of the blue, right? And uh, we had a, a great conversation, and he basically just kind of told me how he was trying to create a podcast on his own, ran into these challenges, trying to create the podcast remotely and really maintain uh, high quality. You know, they were really trying to make a product that they that they could be proud of, and so it, the quality needed to be up to their standards. And when they did some research in finding how podcasters were creating content remotely, it was really fragmented all over the place. It seemed like there had to be this trade-off of ease of use, but you're not going to have great sounding audio and great looking video, or mm-hmm. you could have the the high quality, but you had to jump through all these hoops and hurdles, especially for folks that are just starting off their podcasting journey who aren't the most tech savvy, but for sure, a lot of the guests or team members who are not podcasters and are not tech people, like it was extremely challenging and laborious for them. So to me, it made a lot of sense that this was going to be a product of a valuable product when hearing this from Zach, because I had, this is another unique thing for Zach and I is that we both got experienced. We got exposed rather to working remotely in our previous job. So that was not a foreign concept to either of us at all. So really riding the wave of the growth in popularity of podcasting, but then also more and more of the ability to collaborate remotely and still have that high quality. Just, it seemed like a no brainer. And like I said before, it just seemed really easy to get excited about. For me, it was just more so like, I wanted to make sure that this was something that was worth leaving the old, the, the cushy salary corporate job behind for something more, you know, I guess risky on the surface, but Mm -hmm. you know, really it was about like, is this something I'm going to be able to commit to for eight to 10 years? Because doing my research, it was like a lot of people think that startups or businesses or, you know, anything is going to be an overnight success. So what's your, what's your growth strategy? We're going to go viral, you know, and, and it's, it's generally not like that. It's like takes years and tons of time and effort and experimentation to have that overnight success. And so, you know, I was really trying to make sure that I that this was something that I was ready to commit to. And for me, the easy part though was, was Zach as the partner. I think I might've taken it for granted at the time, just seeing, you know, how challenging and how demanding things can be on, on founders, like a relationship. It's, it's, it's very similar to uh, a marriage, you know, where, you know, us working together and, and just making sure that we're staying in contact and on the same page is so important. But that was one thing I never doubted was like him being a good partner, his ability to, and this is Zach, Zach's ability to really accomplish anything he sets his mind to. And I just saw that I fancy myself as a similar person. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought our skill sets really complemented each other well to, to accomplish this. I did not think it would work out this well, though. Like, it's worked out yeah. even better than I, than I expected. And I have seen our relationship transcend from just being high school friends and college buddies or whatever to um, – Yes, of course, that friendship is still there, but it's even like deeper than that. Like it's even, mm-hmm. there's just so much more trust and, and admiration for, for each other, or at least I think it's mutual. I'm pretty sure it's mutual, but I, I certainly think of that of him. So yeah, I, I, it's incredible because he's made me um, a better leader, a better person. And, uh, and I love that about this journey. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And I just, I never, and I've been in startups before for, from a work perspective and known people who founded things, but I never heard it in the way you've just kind of said it in the last like 15 minutes or so, cool. just thinking about like your skill set being broad as far as just your job as a, it was a CPA, right? Yes. Essentially, or mm-hmm. That's so correct. a CPA, but how much reach that could have if you're, depending on who you are. And then looking at Zach and him being, a developer at the time essentially right 
and just how those two merge together and how important it is to have all that. Because to think it's going to all be one person, and a lot of founders do that, right? Like, I'm one person, I'm everything. But I like that there's this dynamic between you two that forms this whole super person. You know, <laughs> I told him that. I told him that. I said, together we make one seriously incredible entrepreneur, Zach. <laughs> Yeah, you're like Wonder Twins or something. <laughs> yeah, well, and Shape what's great about him is, you know, if 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 he only was a software developer, like that would be amazing because he's super talented mm-hmm. there. But what I think is really fortunate for Squadcast and for me as his partner is like he's also, you know, got a big personality and and very he's a great communicator. He's he's really good at like um talking about like his vision and and why uh, the world needs to to go in the direction that he sees it as it pertains to you know squadcast and stuff like that so yeah he is he is don't want to make it sound like he's a one-trick pony and i handle everything else like he's uh no, he no, handles no. quite a bit yeah i mean he's like an excellent product person really i did totally. product management for a while and it's to have the vision to create and then build on that and be open to things changing is really something because a lot of people think oh i built my thing it's good and that's not how it works at all you know it's not it's not and there's a lot of your personality that can be baked into this where you know people call it your baby but then it's also like it's i i I can appreciate how it's hard to separate something that you've built from from yourself and i have a little bit more distance from it but even i totally get where he's coming from but that's one area that i will say we and especially zach of course have I'm, I'm really impressed with our ability to kind of everything is is up for 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 change and reinvent reinvention and that's what we're doing this year is a lot of mm. significant uh changes rooted in customer feedback and just like done in such a a bigger and better way than we've ever done it now that we have more help to, to, you know, help us like do the research and stuff for this, for this stuff, excuse me. And so, yeah, it's just, it's really impressive because I have, I'm come from a background where people are very stuck in their ways and don't change Mm -hmm. and to be in an environment that's completely different and, you know, mistakes are had or things are, are tried out and, you know, it's, we don't focus on that. We just move forward in trying to figure out what's the best decision. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. I mean, this is definitely a unique conversation about a business about a business right now than than other ones just because also just being a user of your software as well and part of the community that you guys have created which is amazing it's just it's really fun so i do want to ask you about like outside of work brazilian jiu-jitsu is your main hobby so can you talk a little bit about that and how that kind of um just creates some balance for you yeah, yeah. It's so I'm I'm I've always been into like fitness, working out and stuff like that, but jujitsu is part that. Like there's there that's it definitely scratches that itch and is something that I can, you know, get a good sweat in and, and continue to feel like healthy and, and balanced and all that stuff. But I think what I like about it is it's it's very similar to being an entrepreneur in the sense that the the path is not oh, what's the word it's not a straight line it's very mm-hmm. you know it's up and down and all around and it, it's it's not linear is the word that I was looking mm-hmm. for which is very similar I feel like to to being an entrepreneur and it's 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 so easy to like go into training and just like forget everything that's going on, whether it's with Squadcast or personal life or whatever, because, you know, when someone's trying to choke you or, or break (laughs) your limbs, like that's all you're focused on. 
So it's a good mental break for me. It's a good physical break for me. There's a great sense of community there that you got to be a special person to kind of want to do this for fun and, and continue to go back. It, it's a very strange sport. I, I will I will fully admit that. But for whatever reason, it's been just a huge part of me for, for because it scratches so many itches. There's like this physical fitness itch and then there's the the mental itch and and uh, the community side of it too so yeah it's 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 a it's a great thing that that brings me balance so if i think about just martial arts in general i have an idea of just like probably karate kid or something right so (laughs) yeah (laughs) so how is brazilian jujitsu other than being harder to say different than like something that probably most people have an idea of yeah, I'm not the fan, a biggest fan of the name either. It's a it's a weird thing to to say. All the things I love, people hate the yeah. names. Podcast, people hate that name. People hate jujitsu. I get it. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm attracted to weird names, I guess. But yeah, so to break it down, like the typical class and the the way it functions is there's a warm up that's usually about ten to fifteen minutes, and then we'll have the instructor who's who's either called the instructor, professor, coach. They never call him sensei in jujitsu. I don't know why. They basically like will teach us a move or a sequence of moves, and that's called drilling. And so we'll partner up and we'll drill that. The coach will come around and and help us, give us any guidance or tips, and then we'll kind of circle back up and he'll either tell us the next sequence or give us some more tips to to refine the mm-hmm. the the technique. And then after that, we do what's called sparring or, or um, yeah, it's called sparring. So basically, like, we kind of fight each other. You're not necessarily supposed to yeah. go, like, 100% as if you're in a competition or if you're in a, you know, a street fight situation. But I think that's the big difference with something with jujitsu versus something like boxing or maybe even uh, a more physical contact like kickboxing or, or mm-hmm. I meant Muay Thai or, or karate is that we can go pretty hard of trying to – in sparring – and, you know, generally speaking, as long as you, you tap before your, your arm breaks, so there's like this trust that comes into play where we don't want to hurt anybody. Like we, our training partners are very important to us and we yeah. want, we need them to come back. So nobody wants to break anybody's arm or make somebody go to sleep through choking. But that's, I think the big difference is you can go pretty hard in sparring and not have any long-term or immediate consequences. Like in boxing, if you go too hard, even with headgear, you can get concussed, you can have brain yeah. damage, you know, k- getting kicked in the head can't be good for you but the the amount of collateral damage in jiu-jitsu surprisingly is minimized for how intense it, it is is it more just like bending things out of shape maybe like it's, fingers it, or yeah it's almost like uh wrestling but the the goal instead of pinning as it is in wrestling the goal with jiu-jitsu is to make someone submit so you do like you know trying to break arms or legs it, it sounds way gnarlier than it is it's actually surprising how gentle people are i'm just like thinking oh my gosh like just thinking about because i'm pretty clumsy uh-huh oh yes we all are at first like like someone just trying to break my arm i'll be like it's just gonna break so don't Go ahead. You know, it's it's so crazy though because you start off like very clumsy and very like things hurt a lot more. But like after a few months, because actually Zach trains with me too, and so I've told Mm -hmm. him this. Like you know, you just keep coming. Your body, you'd be surprised how much your body adapts. And that's another thing that I love with it is I'm I'm not just in shape. Like my flexibility is better than it's ever been. My mobility and balance, like all these other things that I would never like train on like jujitsu just trains all of that stuff so it's really feels like a a really holistic approach to to fitness so how often do you train 
So I like to get in at least three days a week. Momentum's like a huge part of it. And if I take off anything mm-hmm. longer than two weeks, I'm like really out of shape and out of like uh, rhythm. So three, mm-hmm. three days a week is generally I can get enough rest in and then still keep up the momentum. However, my preference would be four to five times a week just because I just love it that much. And I, I mean, I pretty yeah. much almost need to do something physical every every day i do give myself rest days but then i like even if it's just running even if it's just stretching or lifting weights or or rock climbing like i like to do something outside even throwing the frisbee i love throwing the frisbee i just need someone to throw it with (laughs) yeah otherwise it gets tiring (laughs) it's It's tough (laughs) (laughs) you're like all right well i guess i'll go get it one thing i've started like working out in the last well few months i guess and then did boxing and like trying to commit to like for me, it's just get into the gym two days a week because that before I was doing none for years. That's and great. Thank you. And I guess I've had to really realize what it means, though, to do that, to like commit to yourself mm. and to stop going, oh, I'm too busy at work. I'm too busy or this, I have this and that. How do you do that? Like in and when you think about like your role in your company, but also just balance at home and stuff like how do you how, what strategies have you done to make sure you get get there? It's a great question. It's something that I've thought about a lot because even though exercise, fitness has been important to me almost my whole life, I would say, it it, it was a process to get to a point where, you know, I think I was the classic person where I would, I had ambitions. I wanted to work out at a certain schedule and cadence, but it was so easy to just make excuses of not today. I'll go tomorrow. I'll start next week. Mm -hmm. Like whatever. I'm tired. There's school, work, whatever, all the, all the things. Something changed where it didn't, it it, it became a a non-option. Like I was going to do something. It just mattered like what the activity was and what the time of day was. So it, it, it just, I think it was like a mental switch for me of it's not a matter of if I'm going to work out, it's again, when, where, and how, mm. or what I should, I guess I should say. And I think that just happened over time of building up that habit, having consistency. So I think like two days a week of boxing is a great schedule to, to keep because you're going to give yourself that, that balance, but you're still going in on a reoccurring basis. Like one week is, is not enough. And, and then you can, and, but it is a good start. Like if, if all, if one, one time a week is all you got, that's great. And then build it up to two and build it up to three. And that's what Zach's doing with jujitsu. Like right now he's, he's, he had a, a little bit of a longer layoff than I did. And he's starting with one day a week and now he's moving it up to two and you just, but I think patience is really the hard part. It's so easy mm-hmm. to come in with a lot of ambition, similar to podcasting, right? Like it, pod fade it's gym fade like it's it's a very similar type yeah. of phenomenon yeah well that that is a, a thing too and i guess just like it is like for me and i'm asking you just because it's good to talk to people about balance and stuff but like it's just a matter of, of saying i can make up this hour later if i have to or just plan for the hour in a right way. Like, yeah yeah budget okay, it in this is the hour i'm gone yeah plan for it right yeah pod fade people stop doing their podcasts right that's it's unfortunate. I, yeah, I can see it. Well, especially during the like lockdown part of the pandemic, there was a lot more time, and all of a sudden now things are open, and you aren't necessarily at your computer all the time, so it's hard to like have the time to do it. Yeah, you know. But what are some of your favorite podcasts? Yeah, so the one that got it all started for me was Freakonomics. I thought that was just like a, oh. a really fascinating show, and of course the the book was great. One that I've been getting into lately is called H- Huberman Lab, just because I've been getting more interested in like 
health and, and like the, the science of it all and stuff like that. So I kind of, I, I've taken a break the last three years from, from that kind of stuff, but I'm, I'm getting back mm-hmm. into it. Cause you know, I, I, I think like all of us, I let certain aspects of myself kind of slip due to COVID, you know, like uh, soda came back. I hadn't, I drank more soda in the last two years than I have probably the last, <laughs> the, the 10 before it or something, you know, my alcohol consumption went up more than, than usual. I tend to be more of a social drinker, but you know, when, on a Friday night when you have Nothing to do, yeah. nowhere to go. I kind of was like, well, I'll just uh, pop open a bottle of wine, you know? So, so getting back into to being more healthy and, and I'm always listening to like entrepreneurial podcasts. I would say my favorite is one called Acquired. It's uh, a great independent podcast. Like I, I love independent podcasts and this is a great example too. Two guys who are in the tech scene. Um, they're both venture capitalists. They're, they're younger. They're, they're probably around my age. So they're not like the old kind of uh, mm-hmm. kind of VCs that you would come to expect but like they're just they just love tech and they love talking about tech companies and so they the show is called acquired so they focus on like the story behind a company's acquisition or going mm-hmm. to IPO and so just hearing the 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 background about it is is really cool for someone like me to hear just like like the Uber story and how you know it was uh, again a not a straight line it was linear and and looked like there were plenty of times where it looked like it was going to just, you know, go bankrupt or have to close shop or whatever. And, and to see how, see that grit is really mm-hmm. encouraging for me. Yeah. Well, and there's some interesting stuff. I mean, you hear about some of the bigger startups and just like the culture that get, becomes very toxic with them and things like that. And oh, yeah. you guys tend to have a focus on your team that doesn't allow that to happen. But can you talk a little bit about leaders who inspire you or other entrepreneurs or something that you've maybe looked at and you could learn from them like they did something that wasn't great and then you <laughs> don't do that or just the other way yeah I, I i do feel like i've learned a lot from folks that of what not to do my previous experience the accounting firm that i worked for there was just like a lot of micromanaging lack of trust one of my heroes is is my uncle because he's been he has crazy dyslexia actually almost everybody except me and my family has some form of dyslexia i don't know how i got lucky but he's got like legit can't read you know past it's it's he's got a very tough experience but what he's been able to do as a as a business person is like remarkable despite having that uh you know, I guess what you could see as a limitation, but in some ways it, it's, it's definitely not. The reason why he's my hero is because in, a business hero is because in, in like the heat of the financial crisis, he left his job and started a, like a, a contracting business, building custom homes for people. And he, I was old enough to, to see how like the reaction was from his peers. They all thought he was crazy. And I don't know, it just was really inspiring to see someone have so much conviction in something, even though it looked very risky, very uncertain. Why would you do this? And to see where he's at now, he's been, you know, prosperous. It was a very prosperous move for him. And so that really gave me the the courage to make a jump like I had done. But I've also learned a lot from him. Like, I don't think he's a great boss. Like he does not trust his employees at all. He doesn't think that they care or are as smart as him. And so I think that kind of got my thinking of like, you know, maybe, maybe there is some truth to that. But again, like I've been telling you here, like I, I love when someone steps up and and takes things into their own hands and it, it further just reinforces why it is important to trust and just let people do what Mm -hmm. they they do. And it it is a little scary at first, but uh, it's been, it's the best thing ever in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And well, even when they make mistakes, I mean, I'm in a new role, so I'm definitely 
I'm not being perfect at it, where my other role, I just kind of had it down, you know? But I think, too, when I've had people working for me, I'd rather that they try, make a mistake that, that hopefully we can fix, you know? Absolutely. Like, they don't bring down the entire company or something. Um, but then also, like, just... Because it teaches you how to be a better leader, too, because you have to handle that situation and, right. and be, like, kind and compassionate to them and, and coach them rather than blow up and i've had i've had a lot of bosses who just blew up i know it's awful it's terrible yeah yeah it makes it, it it's unproductive and i get it like you know situations can get tense and stuff like that but that was the thing that always bugged me about the accounting job was like nobody's gonna die here like why are we acting like mm-hmm. this is like we're saving the world so just trying to bring a, a little bit more sane of an approach here at Squadcast, like mm-hmm. just making it a, a really fun and, and thriving place to work but what's the the crazy thing about culture is you can try as much as you want to direct culture and nudge it in certain ways but truthfully it it it, it takes on a life of its own because really the it's much like our community our squad pod community like zach and i and the rest of the early team like set the tone for that community and then someone like ariel came in and made it even bigger and better than ever but it's really folks like you rabia who really make the community something special so it's very similar our employees they make the the culture better than I could ever try to. Yeah, because they have, and well, thank you, first of all. I mean, it's really, it's fun. And I didn't expect when I was doing a podcast to not be alone. It's a lonely game. Because it's a very lonely thing. And Mm -hmm. because you're basically talking to yourself a lot and then you're talking to people. (laughs) But but yeah, I agree. I mean, and it's just kind of like removing, I don't know if you find this, but I'm going to say something and see if you agree with it, but removing your ego from it too at some point and saying, look, like, I've set it up, like you said, but I'm going to empower people. And that means not having the biggest ego in the room anymore. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's another thing. Like, our this, <laughs> our team members are, like, so good. They're, like, pointing out things that need to change. And, and so it's having me having to come up and say, that that, that was my fault the, the, the way this worked out. Or, you know, we're, we're dealing with a lot of... Um, Again, reinvention, and so it's it's great. But mm-hmm. to have it driven by our employees and not me is 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 phenomenal. But I am having to admit that like some of the reasons why we're making these changes are due to my shortcomings or, or mm-hmm. bad decisions on my part. Yeah, or just decisions that maybe were the best of the time, but that's now a, you have more information. That's too. probably a better way to to look at it. I tend yeah. to be a little too harsh on myself. Yeah. No. And I I mean I'm the same way. And then, but often I'll talk to like when I'll talk to friends at work or something. It's easy for me to reframe it for them, but they're never going to get me to reframe it for me. But at least, you know, but I don't want you to feel like, yeah, it could be a bad decision or it was the best you could make at the time. So, you know, I like that. So that's 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 what coaching looks like, guys. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I feel very coached up right now. Thank you. Good, good. You're you're (laughs) welcome. And then that's how not to be gracious about it. Also, just to demonstrate that. Yeah, it's both like the bad and good side of it. Amazing. (laughs) Like. Yeah, like I was very ungracious. All right, is there anything we didn't cover that you want to cover? I mean, I really appreciate the the opportunity to share a little bit more about myself. I mean, of course, I'm always happy to talk about Squadcast and the awesome work that we're doing, but it's fun to kind of get a little bit personal here and talk about some of my passions like jujitsu or what podcasts I'm listening to. So no, I think we covered it all and just really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show and appreciate you being such a wonderful community member because it wouldn't be the same without folks like you. So thank you, Rabia. Awesome. Well, thanks. So 
I, I really appreciate that. And I guess just the last uh, few questions then. Do you have any advice or mantra that you'd like to share with people that you just kind of maybe something that you follow that you want to share? Yeah, something that's become a mantra within our team that I don't know where I heard this, but I, I, it, it kind of started to come from, from me, but the rest of the team has started to take on this mantra themselves. And when we were trying to evaluate folks to hire new hires, and we would connect internally as a team to kind of look through the different applicants and talk about like our, our impressions or how the interview process went and stuff like this. I remember one of them saying, I was like, y'all, if they're not an F yes, and I'm censoring myself, if it's not an F yes, it's an F no. And so now yeah. like there's other things where we're like if we're not into it if we're not streaming about it and don't aren't in love with it maybe it's maybe it's a no. Nice. I like I like that. And it's fun yeah. seeing them, you know, kind of pull that on me where they're like rock if it's not an F yes it's an F no and I'm like you're right. <laughs> well played. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So the last five questions are called the fun five and it's just kind of Ooh yay. Five's my favorite number. Good. All right. Well, then you'll like this. You'll like this. So what's the oldest t-shirt you have and still wear? It's got to be one of the Squadcast shirts, like the, the Squadcast retro from, from 2016. That's got to be the oldest one. I would hope. That's well, that's good. I mean, some, I definitely, some of us have older ones and a lot of people cleaned up during the pandemic. So it was a bummer. This question got to be a real bummer. Oh, that's true. So. I did a little cleanup myself, but I can't throw away the Squadcast tees for some reason. Nice. Well, no, you shouldn't. Okay, so if every day was really Groundhog's Day, like things just repeating themselves, what song would you have your alarm clock set to play every morning? Ooh, probably uh, Candy. I forget the artist's name, but it's like that that old school song. It's like Candy, that song. (laughs) Okay, good. All right. I don't know the artist either, but I'll figure it out. I have a Spotify playlist with all these. I know, I should pull it up. It's one of my top tracks. Nice. All right. And a coffee or tea or neither? Definitely coffee. Do you take it any certain way or? No sugar, a little bit of cream or oat milk. Cool. And can you think of a time where you like laughed hard, you cried, or just something that makes you do that, like just cracks you up when you think about it? Yes, I can remember because it was very recently. So when we were testing um, our most recent product update, which was being able to support Squadcast using uh, a Safari browser or iOS devices, that's in beta. It might be done pretty soon here. But when we were going through that testing phase, one of our, our, our software engineer lead, Gene, was basically trying to see if he could use his Oculus, like the Oculus VR mm-hmm. goggles, and join a session in Squadcast through that. So <laughs> we're watching him like in a regular Squadcast session, but then he's also in a Squadcast as the Oculus. And... I, I, if I can find the picture, I'll share it with you because he just looks so – it just looks so <laughs> funny. He's like got these goggles on, but then he's got his headphones on and he's talking to us, but then he's in VR and I just couldn't stop laughing. I laughed so hard. <laughs> I haven't laughed like that in a long time. The picture is really what does it, so I'm not describing it well enough, but he, it just looked like the nerdiest thing ever mm-hmm. and it was so funny. Well, anyone who's used VR and I just did probably like – two months ago for the first time it's a weird and cool experience <laughs> i bet yeah i haven't know? done it yet but you do look you do look weird yeah. when you're doing it yeah um, and he's being super yeah, serious I'll, i think that was what was funny is he's really being serious but just looks so silly yeah you know yeah it's ridiculous yeah oh that's nice all right and last one who inspires you right now 
Who inspires me? I don't want to sound like egotistical or, or anything, but a lot of it does come from within, I would say. Like, I, I, mm. I don't really look for outside inspiration. Like, maybe I, I definitely used to. You know, I definitely got into that Gary V hustle porn type of stuff, but not so much these days, especially that, you know, like I am kind of have my own thing going on right now. And so that keeps me focused. Yeah. So really, I think it's the people that I care about. It's 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 my 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 partner, but then also like the employees and Zach, like those are the people that really inspire me the most. I, I've learned that I do really well with peer pressure, like surrounding myself mm-hmm. with people that really inspire me to 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 bring out the best in myself. I, that's what I love, and I that's one thing I, I I do think I've done well is surrounded myself with amazing people that really demand the best out of me, whether they realize it or not. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, that's good. So, if people want to find you and connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so uh, Twitter is generally the best way. I'm at Rockwell Felder. LinkedIn's another good place, Rockwell Felder as well. And uh, if you're interested in learning more about Squadcast, squadcast.fm is the best place to find us. We're also at Squadcast.fm on all the major sh- social platforms. But I encourage you to check out the site, even if you're not necessarily interested in just remote recording through Squadcast, but we have a ton of content that'll help you be just a better podcaster, show a uh, different case studies and customer stories about how folks, what they're doing with their shows, which I think is really interesting and exciting and something we love to highlight and just how to be a better podcaster, specifically when it comes to recording remotely. We see that as our our duty in addition to bringing a uh, premium product is to like just help folks be a better podcaster. Yeah, and I totally messed up and didn't even talk about Between Two Mics, the podcast that you have. Oh, that's right. As yes. Well. Yes. So, yeah, I didn't even ask you, like, how do you like doing that and all that kind of stuff. But do you want to say really quick what that podcast is, at least? Yes. Between Two Mics is a weekly podcast that Zach and I both host, or co host, I guess is the correct term. Every other week, we do interviews with folks that are uh, pushing the, the medium forward and doing some new and noteworthy things in podcasting or just content creation in general. And then the other weeks, uh, it's just Zach and I generally, which we call Founders Episodes, where we kind of riff on whatever's going on in our minds, whether it's like podcast industry focus, podcast like techniques and tips and tricks that we're we're thinking about or just like what's going on with us. Like Zach is a new father. So one of the shows that folks really liked was us just talking about like what it's what what he's thinking about becoming a father and also taking some time away from Squadcast for for a significant time for the first time. And so we cover a lot of stuff like that. But to answer your question, like for me, I love having the podcast on its own. Like if if we didn't have Squadcast, because it's just such a fun mm-hmm. thing to talk to people and I love learning what people are, are into and hearing their story. And I'm fascinated by hearing people's stories. And so it's, it's a great opportunity for me to do that. It also helps me get better at my communication skills. Mm-hmm. But really what the benefits are, why I think this is such a, an important thing for Zach and I to do is like now we really truly have empathy for our customers, for their guests, because we, we, we're behind the mic and, and doing a lot of the things that, that you all are doing. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Rock, for being on. I really, really appreciate it. It was nice to chat with you. It was great chatting with you too, Rabia. And look forward to uh, seeing you again soon. That's what's so great about our community is uh, it ain't ending here. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about the guest and what was talked about in the show notes. Joe Mafia created the music you're listening to. You can find him on Spotify at Joe, M-A-F-F-I-A. Rob Metke does all the design, for which I am so grateful. You can find him online by searching Rob, M-E-T-K-E. 
Please leave a review if you like the show and get in touch if you have feedback or guest ideas. The pod is on all the social channels at, at More Than Work Pod or at Rabia Comedy on TikTok, and the website is morethanworkpod.com. While being kind to others, don't forget to be kind to yourself.